is with my other host your other host he's everyone's host joel wakowski joel he's everyone's host because you are all parasites because you're attached to me and known for sucking hello i'm (laughs) wakowski i am recounting old roast jokes to open the show and curry favor with my audience so they will not be upset at the echo that i hear because we hear some echo on my end and i apologize for it because we are recording over Zoom for one last time. You know, we we wanted to be nostalgic. But that being said, what is up, breadheads? Gather round. Let us join the gluten gang. This is Hold My Bread, the $3,095.44 podcast. Let's carbo load. Absolutely. Welcome to the gang. The gluten gang rides again. Um, we're, one, we're one week away from reuniting. I mean, I'm going to see you tomorrow, but we're going to record it in person. Next week's episode, we'll be back in person for the first time in so long. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm back in my apartment building, right? Yeah. And what you, can, what you can't see here, because this is a podcast, this is radio podcasting by its nature is not a visual forum but you can hear some rustling you can hear some fabric jostling and what's happening now in brooklyn in new york is that i joe wakowski the co-host of this podcast am sacrificing for the best possible quality it's true it's true you've moved i mean the quality of the audio has improved within just a sentence you were just speaking and as you were speaking it got better and better So what, 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 what happened here is I'm back in Brooklyn, New York. I realized that if I stayed with my in-laws, <laughs> I would not be able to survive the relationship. We just need to be people. We can't be grown children living with someone else. Yeah. But I am in my old apartment, moving out of it. I'm going to sublet in Manhattan, but I got a few more days. So I am in the office center of the building yeah, my building Under, office underneath center. chairs, underneath chairs. Well, what happens is, shut up. I'm getting to that part. I'm getting to the chair part. Okay. You look like you're being held captive. Dude, the thing is, I'm so visible to anyone who walks by. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. And there's a that's glass. There's glass windows and doors around you. Everyone's gonna think you're in there trying to fix something. Yeah. Right now, I've built a fort underneath <laughs> a table in my business in my building's business center's conference room i am under the table and it was still too echoey so now i've turned over all the chairs and now i'm just broadcasting from a fort <laughs> um yeah well you know get uh, get all the use you can out of your business center before it's gone yeah i mean before this show started i was worried i wasn't thorough enough in preparing an outline mm-hmm. and if you don't do your research for a project i think it's a good tactic to just build some manner of fort i mean at least we've built something you know you've built something i haven't yeah we've built this (laughs) (laughs) if someone comes in i don't even know what the excuse is someone might come in just to be like sir are you okay did you fall are you trapped under those chairs yeah um no i'm podcasting (laughs) yeah no this is my job (laughs) um we we might People read about this on Vulture. 
It's true. No, yeah, we've been featured on Vulture, or I don't know if we were featured. We were uh, listed on Vulture. So uh, back away and trust the process. <laughs> yeah, and this is actually, if we got to release a video clip from this episode just because of how good I look right I, now. I'm, I do feel like you're telling me secrets. It's nice. It feels yeah. more intimate. I feel this like you're piece, like, the piece of wood that comes into the frame really makes it. Yeah, is that the underside of a chair or the desk? Yeah, that's that's a chair, actually. Oh. But yeah, we're here at Hold My Bread, and this might be the last episode of the podcast. It's eminently possible. And that is because... That's news to me. Well, this is a financial management podcast, and there's one wager on the NBA playoffs that I think is particularly advantageous. And you might want to cover your ears for this one, Maddie. Oh, no. I've thrown down big. You invested in cruise ships last week. Uh-huh. I'm I'm big on the Miami Heat. Oh no. Pacers. The Pacers are favored. They are not. I thought they were. No, Miami's a minus three thirty-five favorite. So I put oh. I just feel like they're the same team, but the Miami Heat have a much worse personality. And I think that's <laughs> helping. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's fine. And we, I think I've talked about this already, but I placed that bet a couple minutes ago about the $30 for them to win the whole championship. It pays out three grand. So that was just kind of a flyer I threw out there to see. I did place a, uh, a bet about, um, Portland winning the other day and that, that scored me some money. Yeah. I've been betting thousands of dollars on the Portland money line all week to win like a hundred bucks every time. And they've won by a point every time. This is the most dangerous <laughs> I've ever lived. <laughs> it's changed me. I'm a thrill seeker. That's why I'm out here in business centers underneath coffee tables. Yeah. I almost bet on the uh, UFC fights last night and I did the thing where I was like, I'm not going to bet, but I am going to like think I am going to pay attention and see how I would have come out if I had bet. And I'm glad I didn't because I would have bet on everyone that lost. <laughs> I would, I would have bet on Sean O'Malley. I would have bet on all these dudes that got handled last night. Yeah. So. Donnie gave, Donnie gave me picks and he was telling me like, dude, it's a lock. And then he lost like $500. Yeah. I avoided it all. I had to, I was very tempted, but luckily I had some shows last night and it just didn't work out. So it didn't work out for the best. And we're two so. weeks from starting school, and I got to say, I almost understand what an option is. Because today, we are down $200 in our portfolio, and that's all somehow due to the option I bought from DraftKings, the, the credit put for <laughs> that expires next next year. <laughs> and it just it, it varies in how what it's worth all the time. And I think I'm going to go through a three-year advanced degree program, just to understand what this one option is worth. Yeah, that is funny. By the time you finish school, the, the option, you'll be able to understand everything. Yeah, no, that's going to be my, my thesis. My diploma is this option expiring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and maybe they can teach you how to get out of it or, yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. They're going to just hand you that. Robinhood will hand you that. Yeah, I'll get a degree from Robinhood, the site that I use, but tell people not to use. That we, yeah, that we slander every episode. Look, 
if you're new to this podcast, if you, if you read a write-up saying that there was a comedy finance podcast doing some interesting things, know that Robinhood has kind of changed their marketplace to make people lose their money. That's the TLDR. That's a, a saying you see on Twitter or Reddit or anything that millennials surf the web on. What does it stand for, though? Too long, didn't read. Ah, I didn't know that. All right, cool. Yeah, kind of like you in every book ever. Yeah, hey, I read books. I got a big stack of books that I've all read, but they were too long and I didn't finish them. So maybe you're right. Yeah, I got a big fight with my fiance and I'm, uh -huh. I'm very pretentious. Yeah, you I got like a to, big brain. Yeah, as I like to say, pretentious. And <laughs> <laughs> that, that joke's from my act. It works, but people hate it. And we got in a big fight and I was like, you don't care about me. You just like me because I'm six foot three and have abs. And I asked her, what's my favorite book? And she said, uh, uh, Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst guess, right? Yeah, it's not. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, she, she, um, she well, I, I think it's only significant because we met because she read something I wrote. So, uh -huh. Maybe my opinions on the written word or arts as a whole means something to her, but it doesn't. But the fact of the matter is I'm 6'3", I have abs, and we can get through it. We're going to go to counseling and learn to love each other better than ever. Yeah, that's great. You should definitely do that, especially if you're going to get married. That seems like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> she, did, she did give me the ring back for a day there, and all I was saying was, damn, this is a semester of grad school. <laughs> Uh, yeah oh yeah absolutely well I, you know maybe you just don't give it back to her maybe she'll forget about it I, yeah i thought about that <laughs> but it's good to, it's good to solve the piece or convince her maybe maybe you gaslight her and convince her she lost it well, <laughs> yeah I, I i frequently contend that gaslighting isn't real and then i'm <laughs> that's no it's very real i i get gaslit all the time do i gaslight you yes you do a lot of people do it's fine <laughs> what do i gaslight you about I don't remember. I don't have any examples, but I definitely know where I'm when I've seen it. Uh, we've been playing poker at your at your apartment before, and you've done it to me. That's because we're just, playing poker. That's the idea. The idea of poker is to make the other person think they're crazy. Yeah, we're in a we're in a friendly game. We're not in we're not in the movie Casino. Casino which I has remarkably which I little betting. <laughs> I know. You know I just watched it. I would point out that that was actually it. Would have been better if you made a rounders reference, but you call that gaslighting too. Well, no, Molly's game would have been good. Rounders is good. You know, I don't know. I just, Casino, I just watched it recently, so it was just in my head. It was in the front of my head. Back yeah, of my head, that. whatever. Oh, shit. I think, the cleaning, I think the cleaning crew is coming into vacuum. Uh-oh, no. <laughs> I hear a vacuum. I'm not. I, oh, I thought I could hear it, too. I think you can. And I'm not going to do anything. But I'm just going to, if they come in, I'm just going to play dumb. <laughs> just play dead just lay flat how is this for excuse i lost my contact lens <laughs> uh you could just as soon as they open the door uh turn and yell it's occupied i'm in here and we all know that we have to vote for joe biden in this upcoming election i after i, I actually believe in the I hate police brutality. I've seen firsthand anyone living in New York has seen the way NYPD behaves and it's hard to support that kind of behavior. So seeing a cop added to the ticket made me reticent to support the Democrats in the 2020 election. I agree. 
And if you feel that way, I do recommend betting on the Democrats to win. Cause now I'm like, let's make some phone calls. Let's phone bank. That's a bet that you can actually affect the outcome of. So that's Absolutely. a, yeah, that's a good point. I never looked at it like that, but you're right. You can, you can, you're allowed to like sway the odds on a bet. Yeah. Like it's weird. Like if you bet on a college basketball game and you're trying to get the kids to yeah drink before shave these points, you're in trouble. But if you, if you go out, you bet on an election and then you canvas, you are participating in democracy and you're an American patriot. That's true. I do. I like that. I mean, it'll be pres. Hopefully in a couple months, we'll be talking about president Biden and officer Kamala Harris, <laughs> Lieutenant Kamala. She was not vice president. She's not my vice president. She's going to be the officer. RoboCop. She's going to be my president. President Cop. Ooh, that's yeah. a movie right there. President, president Cop. Reporting for duty. That's funny. Okay. So, you know, there were actually things that happened in the market. And probably the most interesting to me is actually a company we covered on here, a company that we invested in previously, Lloyd's of London. That was an early episode, I think. Yeah, it was one of the first companies we covered. And we talked about how British banks were very unstable and how Lloyd's of London had a nice little side business insuring elite athletes. Mm -hmm. Very strange, very weird, very uh, a lot of money being exchanged just for that insurance. The insurance is not cheap. Well, I didn't know this at the time, but Lloyd's of London kind of made their bank initially insuring slave ships. Yeah, in the 70s, no, uh, in like the 1800s or whatever, when it when was 1800s, 1900s. I didn't realize this either. This this just came out today, didn't it? This is like fresh off. The- this is a couple of days old, but they came out and they were apologizing for their company's history and apologizing for the role they played in subjugating POCs the entire world over and how they kind of like the entire global economy was built on the back of this labor that wasn't compensated for to which Lloyd's of London said, sorry, sorry, our bad. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't mean to. That was 300 years ago. Were we cool? And rapper T.I. says they're not cool. T.I. And I will, I'll, I'll, I'll give full disclosure here. I am a T.I. fan. I've been a T.I. fan since paper trail. One of the, I mean, Paper Trail was one of the big albums of my college years. And he I mean, said, I love the Rubber Band Man, you know? Rubber Band Man is one of my basketball anthems. I mean, Rubber Band Man, Wilds of the Taliban, nine on my right, 45 on my other hand. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm going to tell you a secret, Matt. What's that? I listen to that song five times a day. It's great. I get it. I listen to Rubber Band Man and Bring Em Out constantly and i know i mentioned the paper trail album which you are if you're a ti fan you know they're not off that album i just like those singles they go a little harder than the paper trail album so it's good for when i'm shooting oh i, I can go with that i mean isn't wasn't there something weird about um like he did, did, did wasn't there recently news about him going to saying he's going to go to his doctor's gynecologist to make sure she was still a virgin yeah he was i <laughs> that's mean not, that's not good Look, T.I. understands the history of institutional racism. Does he understand Hyman's? No. Does, that, <laughs> just, does one disqualify the other? Not necessarily. This is a man who clearly just loves his daughter and his community. I, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's all. That's the, that's the last time I heard of his name really was that news story. So I'm interested to see. Uh, but yeah, we don't have to talk about that, I guess. That's uh 
I didn't realize. So T.I. is going up against Lloyd's of London. And T.I. wrote the letter a month ago, but Lloyd's just responded today. And they said, we've been in the market for 330 years. There's a lot to be proud of in our collective history. And we feel there's a lot to be ashamed of as well. And they're basically using their words to say, we are not going to do reparations, but we'll try and level the playing field and give people more economic and professional opportunities. And the thing where this gets really interesting to me, I know it's like an interesting story on the surface because T.I. is a celebrity, he's colorful, he's funny. And I think it's interesting because we previously covered Lloyds of London. We talked about how they were insuring college athletes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know who people make money off of who don't get paid for their labor? College athletes. It's true. New slavery. Yeah, Lloyds of London is now involved in the industry that is as similar to slavery as you will see. You go to these Alabama, these Clemson campuses, see the palaces that are built to these college football teams. These players didn't get a dime. And Lloyds of London, just how they insured those slave ships, they are insuring these players' knees. Well, and you look at the panic, the outcry of all these programs that are talking about all the money that they're going to lose by losing this college football season. Uh, that, sh- that tells you all you need to really know. They're not too concerned with uh, anything else but the fact that they're going to lose all this money in these big name uh, conferences, Alabama, like you said, and, and LSU and all these other big name schools um, that make tons of money, that pay their coaches tons of money. All that comes from boosters and uh, and uh, and just the season and the profits from video games. And, you know, you have players that were kind of in video games that weren't being paid for that at all. It's, it's insane. Yeah, and if, if you look at most of the states in the country, the highest paid public employee for the majority of the, these states is the college football coach at the state university. Right. And there's a lot of uh, – I feel like there's a lot of pl- like coaches that go from the NFL – to back to NCAA or they go from NCAA to NFL back to NCAA because they're making tons of money. Uh, I mean, it's obviously it's a job and it's work, but I would imagine being a coach in college football is a little easier than being a coach in the NFL. And I don't know that off of experience, obviously, but that's what I would imagine. So why oh, would absolutely you, do that? you are if, completely really right. Like the workload is so differently like college football. You're successful. You recruit, you get the best guys by force of personality. People choose you. Being a pro coach, you have to just work within the same parameters as everyone else. Right, and you work with who you're given, you, uh, as not as a, as opposed to the people that are like, I've decided to come here. Uh, and you've got younger kids. I feel like younger, you know, you can coach. Probably they're probably more coachable than they are in the NFL. I would imagine. I feel like if you get guys in the NFL, their egos are huge, and and obviously they're very talented. But I would feel like uh, college kids are more coachable to to. Yeah, and like I get that the the. T.I. Lloyds of London story is like pretty funny, but seeing that Lloyds of London was involved in both slavery and then was pretty much the only company involved in college football, like it kind of shows this exploitive searching is built into that company's DNA. Right. And there's no, they didn't say anything about reparations or anything about giving any money back at all. I mean, how do you give reparations for... I understand the idea. I support the idea of reparations, but it could be cool to actually get some economists, some people who actually study this on the most efficient plans for it. Right. 
yeah, I mean, I, that's for people with bigger brains than me, but I, I feel like you could at least make a gesture or spend some money or donate some money to black organizations and things like that. I know that you and I, not to like toot our own horns or whatever, but I know that you and I are um, donating to the a fund that helps. Uh, I should know what it is. It would be good to plug in the podcast, but it's something to help um, promote uh, voting in black communities and every Pacers win we are or every pace is when i'm donating 10 and every loss i'm donating five and i think you're doing that with detroit too so yeah, but detroit's not like in the bubble so i gotta pass on there i'll do it for the clippers oh okay i forgot i couldn't remember the team you picked if you picked it i couldn't remember what you said yeah but... I, I i i did a joke but then when oh I that's done, funny you get that 20 dollars ready right now you got four l's coming your way yeah <laughs> yo i already owe I, i've already got the tally hi they're already like i don't even know what they are in the bubble they're they've only lost like once uh they lost a few times no they only lost once i think okay this is not a this is not an indiana <laughs> pacers podcast they lost more than once in the bubble <laughs> i, know I don't for, think they did it doesn't matter i don't um, think they did you got you got three pacers hats in the background i i smell a bias <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true and i have a paul george bobblehead right next to me look and his arm's broken off yeah, if it's a Paul George figure, shouldn't his leg be broken off? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Um, yeah. What are you, uh, what are you doing? A... Did somebody walk in on you? Yes. Oh, okay. Someone, someone's showing a unit walked in here, and they're like, what? They're like, I'm working. Don't look at me. <laughs> it's like I was. they came in, and I was under a table talking about reparations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're probably looking to rent your room or your apartment. I won't let them show my apartment. I know I am a real estate agent, so I'm, I love to make it as hard as I can for real estate agents. That's funny. I asked, hey, what is the building doing for COVID? And like my building's owned by the Hasidic Jews who are have been working throughout the entire thing. Like my fiance for now, Gabby, <laughs> works with the Hasidic community. And they were they had all the workers like behind brown crepe paper over the windows full office full of these 16 year old girls who had no idea that the world was ending yeah that doesn't surprise me at all unfortunately no sir um all right well what else uh we got we got lloyds how would we cover lloyds of london sufficiently do you feel yeah i bumped lloyds of london to the top of the line and i want to talk about the airlines a lot of people a lot of people who i've talked to have made so much money they bought in airlines low and it seems like there could be another downfall coming right so this is from a post on wall street bets and this is kind of informed from a conversation with a buddy of mine who converted all of their portfolio to Delta stock in mid-March and it's paid off for them pretty well. Like they've recouped 60% of their investment. So, you know, airlines are flying right now. I took my first flight since coronavirus hit a couple days ago. No one was in the middle seats. And what this means is that flying like planes they have to fly with less people and that doesn't just decrease the revenue they still have the same fuel tanks that so they're literally burning cash all over the country and if you are an environmentalist if you're someone who cares about this which i consider myself to be you have to look at carnival cruise ships are just going all over the ocean chugging oil 
Our skies are filled with half-filled planes burning so much gasoline. And now, like with the state of the world, the environmental agenda has been pushed to the back of the line. So if you believe in climate crisis, shit's about to hit the fan in a really meaningful way. And, uh, yeah. What did you think about your, what was your flight like? I, cause I flew, I flew from Indiana here. You flew from Arizona here. Did you have to sign the paper that say you'd quarantine and all that? Yeah. I had to fill out a form when I got here and yeah. then I, I went straight to get a negative test. Is Indiana on the restricted list? Yeah. 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 I had to, I had to quarantine for two weeks while I was here. So, um, did you? yeah, yeah. I mean, I went out to get a certain stuff, but I stayed in um and covered up when i went out but i didn't go out much yeah i mean i've been like shooting baskets alone and shit like that like i feel like that's fine i yeah. picked up a dinner yeah yeah i um well did you fly delta yeah i flew delta i did too i mean i fly De i have a delta credit card so i'm just trying to get all my points but do you think that i haven't looked at the price of delta but do you think delta is a good play because it's a lot like cruise lines where it's like, I invest in these cruise lines because I don't think they're going to go away forever. I think they're in a bad spot now. Do you think that the airlines are a good play because travel will eventually, hopefully uh, bounce back at some point? Well, here's the deal. There is a play here and it involves keeping your money in your pocket right now. So airlines as a whole, were given $25 billion dollars. And that is under the auspice that airlines are a public utility. And by taking that money, the airlines are agreeing to fly every route they normally fly. Mm -hmm. So by doing this with the fuel costs and the de decreased capacity, the projections for air airline losses during this year are $75 billion. And the government only gave them 25 billion. So only, <laughs> can you believe that? Yeah. The government only gave them 20. That's actually, I'm going to, I'm not going to uh, donate to the black voters fund anymore. I'm going to donate to Delta because I feel bad for them. And no, so, just, ki just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, but airlines, they are going to hit the fan in such a meaningful way. And when it does, these stocks are going to plummet. But one airline, Delta in particular, is basically guaranteed to survive this because their former CEO is head of the Federal Aviation Agency. Oh, I did not know that. That gives you a huge leg up. Yeah, the guy. So we know, I think we're all hoping and praying that Spirit Airlines doesn't make it. Like, I think we're a divided country. And the one thing that will bring us together is Spirit Airlines closing their doors for good. Yeah, Delta and uh, some of the other companies got 25 uh, billion. Spirit Airlines got a pack of chips and uh, a crisp $20 bill. So figure that out, good luck. Yeah, and the crisp $20 bill still didn't fit in their storage units. <laughs> yeah, it counts as your carry-on. <laughs> that was a better Which, line. Nah, it's, all, it's I, you know. I saw that Stephen Dickinson, head of the CEO, he is from Lake Charles, Louisiana, which if you're a Joel Walkowski historian, that's a significant spot. That is home of the worst stand-up show I've ever done. Um, I went up first and the host talked about his first date, date with, a, with his wife. She was in the front row of the audience. And this, this story was about how he slept with her after she'd fallen asleep.
Mm, you know, like a crime. Yeah, it was it was just horrifying to witness. Well, that's some Louisiana comedy for you. There you go. Yeah, I mean, there was a great mini golf course, but you know, a little come say come saw. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, ebbs and flows and all that. That's uh, wild. Okay, well, hopefully that that, that sounds like uh, that's very indicative of comedy in general lately. Uh, stories like that. So, um, yeah, I yeah. mean, I was just amazed that Lake Charles, Louisiana, was keeping keeping up with the New York and L.A. scenes like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, don't worry. I mean, the uh, assaults in New York and L.A. are are very, very. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not progressive, but they're you know they're cutting edge. Bad. Bad. That's the word I was looking for. They're bad. It's bad. Um. Yeah, so was so yeah, so I feel like uh there could be so maybe Delta is is the move. I haven't actually looked at what Delta stock is or haven't looked at uh, buying into it, but that might be might be a good play. No, but the move is you do this when it falls again. Delta stock is 28.95 a share right now, which is pretty pretty economical for it, but back in March they were trading for jeez. $20 a share, $19 a share. And like, they're usually around like 60 bucks. Yeah. The 52 week high is 62.48 and the 52 week low is 17.51. And Matt's 52 week high is when he ate the 250 milligram edible last week. That's true. That's right. I bounced back though. That was a good episode and I recovered and uh, no problems. <laughs> yeah. We know it's a good episode when we hear no feedback from our fans. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I do you know. like it when you guys hit me up on Instagram. I love researching the stocks you pull up for me. It's genu genuinely fun. I enjoy doing it. But today I got a message. And it's someone friended me just because we have similar interests. And his reaction was just, just go, hi, Joel. And I assumed they knew me. And they're mm -hmm. just like, we both like stocks. And it's like, there's no place for this conversation to go. <laughs> Yeah, we sure do, buddy. Do you also like money? Because I like money. I uh, I know you always carry the podcast when I have to pee, but I have to I have to go move again. <laughs> okay. We might lose the recording though. So I don't can know. you just stop the recording and save it, and then we'll restart? Yeah, yeah. Well, you we'll, mean you're gonna have to edit together? But no, I can just pause it on Zoom. Okay. And we're back. No right. need to edit. <laughs> Beautiful. No need to. Yeah. No need to edit at all. Um, I was so I was looking at the Delta price and Delta opened. Uh, it was at twenty eight something right now. Make sure you buy Delta Airlines and not Delta Apparel because that is also what popped up and they're like a clothing line or something. They they they're uh, at about fifteen dollars. Wait, uh, Delta Apparel is half the share price of Delta Airlines. <laughs> yeah. What what yeah. is Delta Apparel? Uh, let me look and see. Delta Apparel is 1508. Uh, Delta Apparel engages in the design, merchandise, sale, and marketing of lifestyle brands, activewear, apparel, and headwear. It operates through the following segments, branded and basics. There you go. Ooh, they sell face masks. No wonder. They do clothes for doctors. Do they? Yeah. Wow. Well, I'll tell you this. They're... Uh, there looks like they're kind of, I mean, it's been a bit up and down lately, but they are, they were trending about a month ago. They were trending up. Yeah. They sell wholesale blank t-shirts. 
Hey, they're listed on the. Uh, they're not. They might not be in the S and P five hundred, but they're on Robinhood. <laughs> Dang, they got some good shit, actually. Uh oh. All right. Well, we may have okay. How's on. this? We do the double Delta portfolio. Delta Airlines, Delta Apparel. We talk about the Alpha and Beta on our double Delta. The double Ds. That's what we call them. Yeah. If that, like, is that our stock portfolio or is that the frat we're a part of? And that's a trick question because it's actually both. We're starting an investing frat. You got to be in your 30s and you got to have a girlfriend who's pissed off. <laughs> uh, uh, are if you a member of Delta Delta? If your girlfriend's um, not pissed off, join the Delta Delta investing fraternity and I guarantee you she will be pissed off. Yeah, as soon as she finds out, she's going to be upset. I shouldn't have talked about my relationship problems on here. That people people aren't gonna like that at all. I mean, oh. you know who's really not gonna like it? Your fiance. <laughs> oh, she's gonna be livid. Is she uh, gonna listen to this? No, no way. Are, is are her parents gonna listen to this? Yes. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good at all. Hey, I love Karen and Rick. They know we're two different individuals and we got a lot of work to do to thrive. Not just because of our relationship. That's just where the world is right now. We've all got so we've all got to be our best selves to turn this around. That's true. You're not wrong. Things are hard. Yeah, and there is there 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 are a lot of bad folks out there. And one of the bad people is um, Dan Gilbert, CEO of Rocket Mortgage, which is the parent company of Quicken Loans, which IPO'd this this week. And a lot of companies you might want to invest in because they have good leadership because they have um, strong financial outlook. And I kinda, I'm bullish on Rocket Mortgage just because of how much I dislike Dan Gilbert personally. So do you know who Dan, I think you know, do you know who Dan Gilbert is? I, I'm not familiar, but I feel like we brought him up last week and you didn't, uh, you're not a fan and I don't remember why, but I'm excited to find out. So Dan Gilbert, if you don't know him, he's probably most famous for being the Cleveland Cavaliers owner. That's right. He famously wrote a defaming letter to LeBron James in Comic Sans font. And when he won the draft lottery for the Cleveland Cavaliers, he kept trotting out his son to use as a prop. And if I'm a billionaire, I'm probably keeping my children out of like the public eye. At the very least, if I'm a billionaire, I'm probably not putting my children on national television. Right there, that seems like somewhat of a psychopathic move. Right. I mean, look at the, you know, we, we're all familiar with the Gettys, all that whole kidnapping thing, right? You, did you ever hear about that? Yeah, they, they, they hired Mr. Bean to work as a security guard in their museum, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, it was actually Nicholas, uh, no, it was actually uh, Ben Stiller. Oh, okay. It was the night at the museum, you know, you know. No, the, 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 Mr. Bean worked at the Getty. I had a good reference there. No, you're right. Absolutely, you're right. I was just trying to combine the two to make one super reference. But uh, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have my kids on television either. Yeah, and Quicken Loans. There, like people kind of hate this company because they're an IPO, and people who traded IPOs like Uber or Lyft, they haven't been great, but. Rocket Mortgage actually has strong quarterly results. They have a capacity to grow and they're actually a fair value because like, I don't know, 
people need to buy houses now more than ever. They need a sketchy ass company to give them sketchy ass financing as we quickly careen towards the sequel to 2008's bubble bursting. It opened at $18 and within two days, it was at $24.90 as the, uh, at, at, the, uh, at the peak. The 52-week high, I guess, is $26.85. So what makes you think it's good, though? I don't understand. I mean, it seems like this is a real gamble. Well, it's a, it, that, that's, the, that's not a 52-week high. That's a five-day high. This yeah. thing has vacillated 33% of its value. And I like this because I think Dan Gilbert is that level slime ball. I think this company is going to cut corners. It's going to hire every brain-dead idiot in southeastern Michigan with a degree from Eastern to go work at their downtown facility. And I think they're just, people are simpletons. They are going to get their mortgages from the place on TV that tells them, we have your mortgage. And I think they're slowly going to dupe their consumers, just like Dan Gilbert has duped the city of Detroit. Gilbert's kind of led the gentrification of Detroit. And yeah, downtown Detroit has a little bit more comedy for me to do, but I think they've kind of stripped the character from other aspects of the city and just put it downtown. So just on a personal level, I hate what Dan Gilbert's done to my hometown of Detroit. I hate the way that he's treated his NBA franchise and allowed LeBron James to not maximize his potential. But I think he can have a shady mortgage company. That is who this guy is. And he's going to be able to manage this to make it not lose value from its IPO. And besides, mortgage companies, they don't normally have IPOs. Mortgage companies are normally banks. Right. It seems like it's interesting to see this happen because obviously there was the whole, what was it, like the big short, all that stuff took place in, uh, what was it, 2008, 2009. Um, So to see that go through that and then now to see this, to see them applying, be, you know, becoming an IPO listed on the, uh, on the uh, stock market is, is very interesting. Yeah, and I, there's something that actually works really well in the marketplace. It's when you're a real estate company and you say you're a technology company that somehow people don't smell the bullshit in that statement. So it actually it allows your own marketing to be taken at face value by the consumer public at large. And I think that's good. Right. And that's a tale as old as time at this point. You, you know, if you, you look at all the trendy stocks and things like that, it's all tech stocks. or it's like stocks parading as tech stocks that are overvalued. And just by being, just being associated with being a tech or future tech sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, that's a tale as old as time because back in the late nineties, Every company that put .com on the end of their company, even if they weren't a friggin' website, saw an increase in value. And we're seeing the same thing right now with this technology company. I like Rocket Mortgage because they bring me the Pets.com debacle of 1999 and the 2008 real estate bubble wrapped up in one neat package. Give me a (laughs) stockbroker dying of cocaine overdose and one jumping off a building and we have every major financial crisis of the past hundred years wrapped up in one company. I think that's cool. Yeah, you know what? That's actually not a bad, that's a good point. That is a good point. I'm not going to lie. I do like the Enron. We got Enron in there. We, if only there was a way we could tie them in with uh, um, WeWork somehow. Oh, I'm getting a WeWork membership. Well, what? 
Yeah, here's my plan. I'm moving to Manhattan. I'm putting all my stuff in storage. I'm only having my laptop and my mic for podcasting and my basketball. And I'm going to go to grad school from a WeWork. But where are you going to live? I'm going to get a furnished sublet in the West Village. You, how does Gabby feel about this? She feels great. She's doing it with me. That's great. Amazing. Well, I didn't, uh, I, I don't. I don't know if I've ever had any of my friends live in Manhattan. Everyone, all my friends have always lived in Brooklyn or Queens. And that's the thing. I've never lived in Manhattan. I never wanted to live in Manhattan. But now Manhattan's isolated. Nobody's there. There's no tourists. All the apartments are owned by foreign nationals. They're not coming to the United States anytime soon. So, yeah. I'm going to sublet in Manhattan. I'm going to ride my bike to the public library. I'm going to work out in Central Park. And I'm going to enjoy autumn in New York City. It's amazing. I I can't stop yawning. What the hell? Yeah, I, uh, I'm real fucking boring, huh? No, no, no. I'm very interested in your move. It's very exciting. Well, uh, yeah, no. The way you talk about mortgage companies is enthralling, Joel. <laughs> Bullshit, back it. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean to bore our listeners with my yawns. I just had a late night last night. I got yeah, home late. I'm tired. Up with a woman. I who told you that? I didn't you know did. that. You said I'm about to hook up with this woman. Oh yeah, I was. Oh yeah, that's true. I did. I did say that. And did you hook up with the woman? Well, you know, I'm not one to kiss and tell. Dog, I talked about like the worst fight in my relationship's history. You can't tell me if you got lucky last she, night. She might listen to this podcast. You in fact, I, fian- do you think she's a better bet to listen to this podcast than my fiance? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yes, she, yeah, exactly. She already said she listened once. I don't want her to listen again. Wait, she listened once? Yes. She was like, wow. I listen to your. She was like, I listen to your podcast, and I was like, Well, I don't know why you did that. <laughs> <laughs> no she did listen I, okay fair yeah. enough so yeah. um if you are the lucky lady listening right now let me be the first to say congratulations he's a good man and you know he just needs someone to take care of him yeah and she's incredible i mean you know what can you do it's fine it's nothing's gonna it's nothing's gonna happen nurture him Love him, feed him meatloaf until he gains 15 pounds, and then he'll be good to go back. <laughs> All I need is 15 pounds. pounds. That's funny. Well, you know, that's like I went to 15 pounds and meatloaf is a lot. Absolutely. Um, well, should we move on to our other story that I have prepared? Yeah. Stock so, splits. Stock splits? Um, stock splits. The stocks have been splitting like crazy. We've got an Apple stock split. Tesla stock split. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that are um, not aware of what that is. And I was only not, I was only recently made aware of it, obviously, because I have Tesla stock. And um, basically what it is, is a, all public trade, all publicly traded companies, they have like a set number of shares that are like outstanding. And a stock split is a decision by a company's board of directors to increase the number of shares that are outstanding by issuing more shares um, to like current shareholders. So basically like my, I have two shares of Tesla. I can't remember the stock split Tesla is going to have. Uh, let me see. But so you basically have my, four shares. You're going to have I 10 believe, shares. I think I'll have, I think I will have four shares at that point and there will be, the price will go down. Um, basically it's a way for lower level investors to get in on a stock. So, um, 
Tesla stock is is hovering around seventeen hundred, uh, and it will this will drop it to. I, I couldn't even guess where it's going to drop it to. I don't know, but it's going to drop it to a more accessible area for uh, a lot of people uh, to buy in, and then hopefully they can ride the stock price back up again, uh, sort of thing. So, and there's always a dip when when stocks do when stocks do split. Um, that will, I mean, that's to be expected, but I do think Apple and Tesla are a good play with the stock split. I think it's, it's beneficial to, to investors that are new people, definitely people that are listening to this podcast. I mean, I'm a big proponent of Tesla. I brought in, I bought in two shares of Tesla when it was at about 200 something. Um, and it's been very, very good to me. So I'm definitely going to scoop up some more shares of that. Um, the primary motive is to make the shares seem more affordable to small investors. Uh, even though the underlying value of the company hasn't changed. So like their market cap and stuff like that isn't going to change. This company is still valuable. Um, but I don't understand how a, how a company can have their CEO say that the stock is too high and then issue a stock split in within a three-month span. Don't those issues kind of go against each other? Wait, say, say that again. Because Elon Musk has tweeted before that the stock price is too high. Right. That's one of his signature things is for him to do to, uh, to try and lower the stock price by saying it's too high, um, which I don't understand. I mean, that's just like a classic Elon Musk. He's just a wild card. Yeah, and like, actually, I know it kind of sounds bad from where you are as someone with who's going to watch your shares drop half their value. And let me just add the caveat. You should know what the share prices will be. All you got to do is divide by two and then that'll, that'll be that, right? Right. I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. I didn't really think about it. Well, I don't, it depends on what the split is. I don't know what the split is. But stock splits only, company, only happen when companies do tremendously well. Apple, over the past 20 years, has had four or five stock splits. Warren right. Buffett has ridden through them all. You get more shares. Four shares of Tesla. Isn't that great? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and you just said it. Apple, 2014, Apple uh, split its shares seven for one uh, to make it more accessible to like a larger number of investors. And really, so, this doesn't, this has no, if you have the share, this has zero impact on you. It's for me personally, yeah, it doesn't, I mean, it's not going to affect me like at all, other than the fact that it's going to give me an, a, the ability to buy more. Um, but so right before the split in 2014, uh, each share of uh, Apple's opening price at the opening price was approximately $649.88. After the split, the price per share at market open was $92.70, which is uh, 648.90 divided by seven. And what, is there a date for the stock split? When is this happening? I don't actually know. I don't, I don't know when it's going to happen. I, um, I know it's going to, it's soon. I think it's soon. Like it's very soon. But there's also a, a reverse stock split, which is not what they're doing now. I mean, they're just doing a regular stock split now. But there's a reverse stock split, um, which is like a, it's used by companies with like low share prices that want to increase their prices uh, to gain more, um, basically to like pump their numbers up a little bit. Like I owned gold stock um, maybe two years ago and they did a reverse stock split where I had a couple shares. I want to say I had like 10 shares and then they condensed my 10 shares to be like three shares. And those three shares were worth way more than the 10 were spread apart. And here, here, gold is kind of why I think it's important that we have a finance podcast, just because the quality of financial reporting is either terrible or behind a paywall. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the things I read, they're recommending I buy gold. 
but a lot of the shitty spam targeted ads I get are also recommending I buy gold. So they've met in the middle where the ads have become the content, the content have become the ads, and it's <laughs> so much worse with financial news than any other sector. Like, I think you are honestly better off getting your financial news from two guys who regularly eat 100 milligram edibles. Yeah, absolutely. You know, don't let that deter you. Uh, Elon Musk and, you know, tons of people do uh, do that. It's not just us. Uh, a lot of successful people do uh, eat those edibles, you know, takes, them, takes you to a higher level. It lets you see the numbers. Um, but the, so basically the bottom line is like, it's primarily used by companies that have seen their share prices increase, increase substantially, which Tesla and Apple have. Tesla has shot up very quickly over uh, a couple of uh, months at this point. And so they're just going to... Uh, decrease the share price by splitting it and making it accessible to other people it's honestly i don't know if that's too simplified or what or but that's basically that's what's going to happen so if you are looking to get into tesla or apple which i think you definitely should i think um apple is has been consistently putting out good things and it's like it remains to be seen whether or not they are a, a, an evil company and all that but when it comes down to it if you want to make some money apple is definitely a sound investment to to get involved in. with you vr you have all these uh, new phones you have airpods you have they have so much um and there's so much potential for growth that it's, it just makes sense yeah i i, I think you're right I am with you and like it's easy to get behind Tesla or Apple. Warren Buffett, the greatest investor of all time, made so much of his money the past two decades off just holding out Apple through multiple stock splits. But there is a company where you can really make your nut and that is of course Delta Apparel. <laughs> right now $15 a share, 52 week high, $31 a share. They, they were trading easily around 25, 30, all through last year. You're telling me this company that makes protective face masks is losing value. Put the house on Delta Apparel, the healthiest Delta on the stock market today. And then you take those profits when you have the Delta Apparel split. So then you buy Delta Airlines. So you have the Delta apparel split. You have the Delta Delta. Then you get the airlines. You get the Delta Delta Delta, which has a high alpha. And you're hearing that from a beta. That's Tri Delta. You just said it. There you go. Yeah. Tri Delta. Tri Delta. Triangles. Three. We're all, it's all makes sense. See, these are the things you realize when you take edibles. <laughs>